Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top few events. I am André and with me our basketball expert, Yo Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? On today's episode, it's time for us to bring you a brief recap of the game that took place in the round 15 that just ended and our previews for the round 16 that will be starting tomorrow and we'll be playing also on Friday and we start with the game between Maccabi and Red Star Red Star lost at, at home in the round 15 against Real Madrid 58-72 to while Maccabi won 89-81 to against Basconium currently Maccabi has a 9 wins and 6 losses record having won 4 out of their previous 5 games including their last 2 games while Red Star has a record of 5 wins and 10 losses having won only 2 out of their last 5 games the game between Red Star and Real Madrid started somewhat somewhat balanced with both teams scoring 20 points after the first quarter but then Real Madrid took over and ran away with the game they were able to score 41 points between the second and third quarter while only allowing 25 points by Red Star, building a 16-point lead heading into the fourth quarter and being able to secure this uh, win 58-72. to 72. The MVP of the game was Mario Azonia. He ended the game with a double-double of 70 points and 10 rebounds while adding to his personal account three steals. And this was once again Real Madrid being able to impose themselves and to be able to dominate another time, another matchup in a hard road game against Red Star. And Real Madrid keeps leading the standings and they are first heading to this round 16. On the game between Maccabi and Basconia, Josh Nibo shined and he ended as the the game mvp nibu had 17 points 11 rebounds and the highest per of the team this was a game where the maccabi beats were able to impose themselves roman sorkin ended the game with 14.7 rebounds two assists and one steal had the third highest per for the maccabi team in the game where james webb the third was tied with Josh Nibu as a top scorer, also with uh, 17 points. Maccabi ended this game with impressive 50 rebounds against only 35 from Basconia, and that was the difference on this game between these two teams where Maccabi was able to have the superiority on the boards and uh, that gave them an edge to be able to conquer this win. Red Star has been struggling on the road and this game against a strong Maccabi team will certainly be a hard one. How can they be a surprise? Yeah, man, you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, Red Star still hasn't won a game on the road. So this game against Maccabi is not going to be easy at all. Uh, both teams, I believe, in my opinion, are pretty balanced in, in terms of talent. Uh, now we know Red Star hasn't been counting on uh, Shabazz Napier lately. So I think they obviously lose a, a big talent there at the guard spot. Uh, but I still think they are a very good team. Um, the fact is playing on the road, they, they haven't shown that. So uh, I guess Maccabi has to be considered the favorite here, obviously. Um, they have those two elite guards that, that now, with Red Star not having Napier, they obviously have all the advantage there in the backcourt. 
And I think they have a lot of bodies inside that can match uh, Red Star's physicality and the, the job that Red Star has been able to do on the boards um, on a regular basis. So I definitely believe Maccabi has all the pieces they need to, to win this game. Uh, obviously, they're not playing at home, but uh, what they, what is their home court now? Uh, I believe they, they have an advantage here. I think they are the better team. So uh, I definitely think Maccabi should be looked at as the favorites. Uh, for Red Star to, to have a chance, they need to get hot from three, which we know they can do. Um, and they definitely need to, to win the rebounding battle because, again, uh, Maccabi is a team uh, that has a lot of options inside. Uh, they are they are big dudes. They are heavy. And they can crash the boards like crazy, especially a guy like Nebo. So Red Star needs to be on point as far as that. And they need to control to the best of their abilities uh, guys like Lorenzo Brown and obviously Wade Baldwin so that Maccabi doesn't have a chance to impose their game. So I think that's the path for, for Red Star to win. Uh, but obviously it's going to be very hard, but uh, it should be a good game regardless. The next game we have on the docket will put head-to-head Valencia and Virtus. Both of these teams have been having impressive seasons. Valencia currently ranks in 8th place and has 8 wins and 7 losses, but Virtus has been particularly impressive, being now 2nd after the disappointing loss of Barcelona on this round 15, with 11 wins and 4 losses. Virtus has won their last 4 games, but they certainly will be facing a tough opponent in Valencia, that has been a very strong team playing at home, where they currently have 5 wins and 3 losses, while Virtus has 3 wins and 3 losses on the their road games, and we can expect this one to be a competitive game. On the round 15, Valencia lost at home against Partizan, 67-72, a game where Kevin Panther was the best for the visitors, and he ended the game with 13 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals and 1 block, in a game where despite Valencia being able to win the battle of the boards, they just weren't able to produce enough offensively to, to be able to, in the end of the game, impose themselves and to be able to, to conquer and to lock this win. Valencia for the game shot 7 out of 25 from 3, shooting 28%, and that just wasn't enough against them. Um, partisan team that had enough offense to, to be able to secure this 5-point win in the end of the game. Valencia opponents, Virtus, had a very hard home game against Olympiacos, where they were able to secure a 69-67 win in another defensive battle, where Daniel Hackett was the brightest star for the Virtus team. He ended the game with the highest PER for the, the home team, and he ended the game with 8 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists and 1 steal. And once again, the experienced player has been a very important piece for this Virtus team all season long. And that showed once again in this important home win against uh, Olympiacos. How would you characterize each of these teams and what advantages each of these uh, Valencia and uh, Virtus team have for this matchup that they will be playing on round 16? Well, we have two opposites here. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know Valencia is a, a great defensive team, but they struggle uh, scoring the ball and especially shooting the three. We know how good Virtus is, is at that. So I, I definitely think Virtus has an advantage offensively, uh, the way they move the ball, the way they share the ball, uh, the way they shoot the three, and, and obviously the way Shangelia can impact the game against whoever's in front of him because not only can he do it himself, but he can facilitate for others from the forward position. So that's very important. Uh, I believe this is a, a very good matchup because we, we, will, we will be able to see uh, the top 
like the elite defense of EuroLeague and the elite offense. So we have both sides. I think it's going to be a close game. Obviously, Valencia playing at home, they should be trying to, to get this win because these are two teams that have surprised me and I believe a lot of people. So they are kind of direct opponents in that regard. Obviously, Virtus is much better in the standings. Uh, but I think these are two teams who have been surprising everybody with the way they play and the results that they've been able to achieve. So uh, I think this is going to be a, a pretty close game. Valencia needs to, to do a great job guarding the three and forcing individual actions for Virtus because they are such a good collective team. And Virtus just needs to stay patient offensively. They, they got to keep the ball moving. They got to try to to get Valencia tired, uh, like using the whole shot clock so that their defense becomes less effective. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be a good one, and I'm ready for it. With Valencia, it has been coming down to their ability to keep up offensively, and Virtus certainly, with their movement and uh, the way that they play, they have a shot to go into Valencia and come out of there with this win. But we know it's certainly a very hard court to do it. And this, we can expect this to be a very competitive game. As the next game that we have on the docket, a very high-level game between Real Madrid and Partizan, that uh, we can certainly expect to be an extremely competitive game, especially after the last year's playoffs. This will be the first time that these two teams will be facing each other. And we can expect a high level, a high intensity in a very competitive game with both teams wanting to, to win and the both teams wanting to be competitive. I think that we know for sure is that heading this round to, uh, 16, but also heading to the round 16 and the, the one after that, Real Madrid will be first in the standings because uh, they already have a three-game advantage for the, the second place. Real Madrid is playing at an extremely, extremely high level. They have 14 wins, lost only once so far in the competition. But Partizan is improving and they are currently in fourth place already. Only one win behind Barcelona. They are tied with other teams that have also six losses like Maccabi and Monaco. But uh, this partisan team is a team that is in a, a great momentum. They have won their previous five games heading into this matchup. And uh, partisan hasn't been as good on the road as they have been playing at home. They currently have a 3-5 and five record on the road and a 6-1 and one record at home. But as we already recapped, both of these teams were able to conquer wins on the previous round in very tough road games. Real Madrid against Red Star, they were able to impose themselves and just be as dominant as we have seen Red Star, Real Madrid being so far in the season of the EuroLeague, while Partizan was able to conquer a five-point win against Valencia on the, the previous round. With this side, Diogo, after the last year's playoffs, what can we expect to see on this game? We can expect to see a high-level game, that's for sure. I mean, obviously, Real Madrid has consistently been the best team in EuroLeague this season, and Partizan, after a slow start with a couple of injuries, they, they now seem to be on a roll, so I definitely expect this game to be at, at a very high level, and I think, obviously, Real Madrid is the favorite, but I definitely believe Partizan has a chance here because they are a very physical team, and they can match uh, Real Madrid's size with that front court. now that they have... Kaminsky, Lede, Caboclo. So I can definitely see Partizan uh, giving Real Madrid troubles here. Uh, I think Kevin Punter is going to be a key factor, obviously, because Real Madrid has so many options and can score the ball with so many different guys contributing that I, I think Kevin Punter needs to be on his hay game along with P.J. Dozier because I think those guys need to be the ones stepping up to, to match Real Madrid's firepower. And I, I think they are more than capable of that. 
So uh, I expect a, a great game with a, a high uh, high atmosphere environment. Like uh, I think both teams are going to want to win because we know the history between these two in, in the in last year's playoffs. So uh, I definitely think it's going to be a great matchup, and I believe it's the matchup of the round. But uh, I would love to see Partizan uh, getting a win here, uh, just to see some other team like playing at this level of Real Madrid and showing that. There's more competition uh, outside of just Real Madrid, Barcelona, Monaco. Uh, and I think Partizan is able to do that. Real Madrid is the favorite, but I, I'm definitely high on Partizan. I think they've been playing great basketball lately, and, and I believe they have a chance. Two hell of a teams in great momentums. Certainly, both of them have a chance on this game. And we can expect a highly competitive and a high-level game between Real Madrid and Partizan. The next game is the game between Efes and Basconia. Efes currently has 7 wins and 8 losses, while Basconia has 8 wins and 7 losses. Basconia has been playing at a higher level than Efes that is dealing with many injuries, but on the road and with the game being played in Turkey, we know that uh, Efes has been able to, to be playing better at home than on the road. At home, they have a record of 5 wins and 1 loss. They have a very positive record playing at home. So certainly this will be competitive and won't be an easy matchup for this Pasconi team. But as we have recapped already, they lost their road game against Maccabi 89-81. So let's take a look at how did FS performed on round 15. And they lost by 15 points against Bayern in Munich. This was a game where Bayern was just able to impose themselves throughout the whole game. They won every single quarter of this game and even when Efes was trying to, to find ways to get themselves involved into the game, the Bayern was just too dominant and they clearly shown to be the superior team and the way that they did it was by taking extremely good care of the ball. They turned over the ball only six times against uh, 18 from Efes and with this difference in terms of possessions in the game, it's just too hard to, to overcome and the Bayern was able to, to just impose themselves defensively and to just take extremely good care of the ball and to conquer this win. In this game between Efes and Basconia, what will be the keys of the game? I believe the biggest key here in this game for Efes will be can they keep up the pace against Basconia and can Shane and, and Darius Thompson lead the way for, for another win for Efes? I mean... They've been playing great basketball, a, a high-paced game, a lot of threes, which I think is the best for them, like you guys know. Um, and they definitely need to do that against Basconia because Basconia is a, a high-scoring team that can shoot the ball very well and can be very effective from three. So if FS is able to match that, I, I think playing at home, they have a good chance of getting a win. Uh, and for Basconia, it's, it's all about the defense. If they can hold uh, Shane Larkin and Darius Thompson to, to a limited production, uh, I believe they have half a... Half of their pad is done. Like If they can do that, then they just got to make shots on the other end and they will be just fine. Uh, I think Basconia should be looked at as the favorite here, uh, not only because of the injuries uh, that Efes has, uh, but because of the way Basconia has been playing. They, uh, I believe they are a, a team to be reckoned with in, in the EuroLeague and they deserve this type of credit with the way they've been playing and the games that they've won already. So I definitely think it's going to be a very good matchup. I'm very excited to see how Basconi is going to guard uh, Shane Larkin. Uh, I believe they will try to put uh, Miller McIntyre on him just to show him some size and to some someone to be physical with him. 
and I, I believe that is a, a great uh, a great decision for Basconia. So I am expecting to see that. So and I guess it's going to be a matter of can Darius Thompson step up and be the lead playmaker in a matchup like this, considering that probably Marcus Howard is going to be guarding him. So I, I believe Darius Thompson should be the one. Uh, having the ball in his hands and making most of the decisions and then have Shane play off of him. And I think that would be the the easier way for FS to succeed in this game. The next game taking place on round 16 is the game between Jalgiris and Barcelona. Jalgiris is falling in the standings and they currently have 5 wins and 10 losses, while Barcelona dropped place in the standings. Now they are behind Virtus with 10 wins and 5 losses after a disappointing loss on the road on round 15 against Alba. Alba was able to secure the home win 74-70, to and one of the keys of this game was Alba keeping Barcelona to only 25% from three. For Alba, it was the veterans that stepped up. Johannes Thiemann was the game MVP with 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and Matt Thomas was the top scorer for the home team, ending the game with 13 points. On the game between Fenerbahce and Jalgiris, Fenerbahce pl- playing at home was able to win by only two points against the Jalgiris that came into the game with high intensity, playing at a very high level. They ended the first part, the first two half with um, 48 points, allowing only 37 from uh, Fenerbahce. But Fenerbahce was able to bounce back in the second half, and in the end of the game with a 24 to 16 fourth quarter. They were able to secure this 80-78 to win, where the game MVP was Tyler Dorsey with 19 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. We know that this is a very tough matchup for Jalgiris and the way that today this Barcelona team matches up against them. What does Jalgiris need to do in order to conquer this win? Uh, there are a couple of things here that, that Jalgiris needs to do in order to be able to win a matchup like this. And that just... That just shows how how much of a favorite Barcelona is. Uh, I think that in terms of size, Barcelona has all of the advantages in, in every position on the court. So definitely uh, boxing out and the rebounding battle is going to be a huge factor for Zalgiris. They, they need to do a great job of getting Barcelona's guys out of the paint and being able to secure possessions because they're going to need it to, to be able to keep up with Barcelona. Uh, and then I think three-point shooting for sure because... Barcelona has a lot of a lot of good shooters and they move the ball very well. So Zalgiris needs to to shoot in a high volume and obviously they need to be efficient and they need to score those threes. But uh, I think moving the ball, uh, driving it and kicking it to shooters, trying to get open shots to guys is going to be the way for Zalgiris to try to compete in this matchup because it's a very hard one for sure. I mean, Barcelona is just a better team with a lot more talent. Uh, but Zalgiris is going to be very dependent on what Keenan Evans is able to create. And hopefully uh, Edmund Summer can can step up and have his best game so far in EuroLeague. Obviously, he's capable of, of stepping up and playing at a high level. Uh, but he does need time. So we'll see if if this is the game where he will explode, per se. Um, obviously, Zalgiris needs it because it's a very tough one. Uh, I don't know if they can afford to go small uh, with a small ball lineup playing against Willie Aaron Gomez. Uh, I think that would be a very bad matchup for them. So um, I'm going to be looking at what Coach Max Vitis does on, on this matchup because I really think the lineups that he puts on the court are going to be very important here if they're going to have a chance to compete. It certainly is a tough matchup for Jalgiris against this Barcelona team, but I do expect to see Jalgiris raising their level of play, especially playing at home. 
and they will want to try to be competitive on this game. The next game is between Aswell, that uh, ranks last after Alba's win on the previous round. They currently have two wins and 30 losses against Olympiacos that, as we have recapped, lost on the road against Virtus 69-67. Aswell also lost on the previous round, round 15, and they lost against Milano 84-61. This was a game where Milano was just too much for Asphalt to, to have an answer for. Milan won all the quarters of the game. In the end of the game, they had built this 23-point uh, lead. And the game MVP and top player for Milan on this game was Shevan Shields that ended the game with 13 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists and 3 steals in the almost 28 minutes played for this game between Olympiacos and Asphalt. Would you say that the question is, can Asphalt score enough? Or... Can Asphalt contain Olympiacos enough? Well, uh, I definitely see both of those uh, aspects uh, as key factors for this game. Uh, Asphalt is a very good scoring team, but they haven't been good defensively, not at all. Um, and it, it's the exact opposite for Olympiacos. They they are consistently a very good defensive team, but the way they struggle offensively is just it's tough to watch. And, and I would expect them to be a lot better offensively. Uh, and we know that they are lacking a pure score on the wing, and we talked about this a lot. Uh, but they still have a lot of talent on the on the court, so they should definitely be a lot better offensively. Um, Olympiacos is the favorite here, and I think they should win this game. But I just need to see a lot more offensively from them. And against a team that can score at such a high level like Oswell, uh, I think this could be a tough matchup for both teams, obviously, uh, because Oswell struggles to defend. So that could be a way for Olympiacos to have uh, a, a breakout uh, offensive game. Um, but looking at, at it the other way, uh, the way Asvel scores, it, it might be too uh, too hard for Olympiacos to keep up and, and to and to be able to outscore Asvel. So I think this is going to be a, an exciting game because you have both sides of it, both elite offense and elite defense. Uh, so we just got to see who's going to get the best of it. But uh, Olympiacos should be the winner and I know uh, I'm an offense over defense guy <laughs> but uh, I think Olympiacos should be viewed as the favorite here and they should win this game they are supposed to win this game but they have been very disappointing at least for me so uh, I just don't know uh, I don't know if I can trust them enough the next game will put face to face Alba and Fenerbahce Alba was able to run away from the bottom of the standings with a surprising win at home against Barcelona they currently have 3 wins and 12 losses, and Fenerbahce currently ranks in 8th place with 8 wins and 7 losses heading to this round 16. How would you say that both of these teams match up with each other? Well, for Alba, uh, I don't think this is a good matchup, and for Fenerbahce, I think this is a great one. Um, I think Fenerbahce has a lot more size on basically every position on the floor. They they have the experience, they have the coaching now with, uh, with Sarunas being there, uh, so they have the deeper roster. They have better shooters. Like I think uh, they have a, a better defensive team too. So Fenerbahce has all the advantage, the, all the advantages in, in the book. And I just don't see a way for Alba to win this game. But of course, we know the way Alba plays, and they have had some interesting wins this season where we didn't expect them to, and, and then they they surprise us and they play a very good game to, to win it. So that could happen here. They're going to try to play fast. They're going to try to outscore Fenerbahce. 
But I just think it's going to be hard because Fenerbahce has a lot of good defensive players and guys like Nigel Hayes-Davis, Deshaun Pierre, Yamadar, bringing the energy in the backcourt. So, and then they have the experience and they have guys who, who know how to manage the game and who know how to control the pace of the game. So I definitely think Fenerbahce is the favorite here and I think they are going to win this game too. Uh, they're going to keep a winning streak with Sarunas as the coach. So I just don't see Alba being able to to get a win. Uh, but they have a chance, of course, because of the way they play, their play style. So it could be a good game, but I just think Fenerbahce has way too much for Alba to handle. The next game is between Bayern and Monaco, two teams that uh, had different locks on the previous round. We already recapped the win of Bayern against FS, 86-71. to But Monaco lost at home against Paratinaikos on a high-scoring game. 90-91, a game where Matthias Lasort was the MVP for the Paratinaikos team. And this was a game where Paratinaikos in the fourth quarter scored 35, allowing 23 points from Monaco to conquer this win in a clutch three-point shot by Marius Grigonis. The game MVP, as I had mentioned, was Matthias Lasort. He ended this game with 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 steals and 24 PER, while the top scorer for this team was Costas Lucas with 17 points. In a game where Kemba Walker was one of the highest PERs of Monaco team, tied with Alpha Diallo, and he ended the game with 13 points, going 8 times at the line and ending the game 7 of 8 from the line. Good flashes from the, the veteran. Monaco is a team with highest aspirations than this Bayer team has. A team that is more experienced. What type of issues Monaco will find on this matchup against Bayern? Well, the type of issues that Monaco can face in, in this matchup is uh, Serge Ibaka, uh, Lucic, if he plays. I think those two guys are going to be the ones giving Monaco the most issues. Uh, first of all, Ibaka, because of his size and his ability to protect the rim, and to get on the boards and to score not only inside, but his ability to stretch the floor as well. Uh, and then Lucic being that athletic wing that Monaco doesn't really have and a guy that can not only defend, but also score and shoot the three. So I think those two guys are going to be keys for for Bayern to, to be able to have a chance to win this game. Um, but I think Monaco is prepared. Like uh, I think, obviously, we know the talent they have in the backcourt and we know how good of a player Mike James is, and he's always the best player on the court in, in a EuroLeague setting. So, obviously, I think Monaco is the favorite. I think Monaco is a better team, but it could be a tough matchup because of those two players that I just pointed out. Um, I think Bayern could struggle uh, as far as like the, the firepower thing because I, I don't know if Bayern will be able to score enough uh, to keep up with Monaco, uh, but they do have a lot of guards who, who are talented and who can put the ball in the basket. They're just not consistent enough, and that's why I don't trust them to to keep up the scoring uh, level with Monaco. Uh, but I definitely think it's going to be a, a very good matchup, an exciting one too. Uh, Bayern is very good at home. They are 4-1 at home, and Monaco does have uh, four losses already on the road. So this could be an interesting one. I think Bayern has a chance, even though Monaco is the better team. The final game of this round 16 will put face-to-face Milano and Paratinaikos, two teams that arrived to this round 16 with two wins on their previous two games after losing the previous three. Milano has a record of six wins and nine losses, while Paratinaikos has a win a record of eight wins and seven losses. What is crucial for each of these two teams aspire to conquer this win? With Milano, I mean, it's always the same question. Like, 
when you have Miritic, it's about who's going to help Miritic and Siobhan Shields score enough to keep up with the other teams. And especially now without Miritic, who's going to help Siobhan Shields score enough to, for them to have a chance to win against a team with so, ma- so much firepower like Panathinaikos? I mean, this is going to be a, a very hard game for Milano. I think Panathinaikos is the more talented team, and I think they have uh, more depth and better better depth too. Um, obviously, Milano's strong suit is their front court and how many options they have there. But none of those guys are really scorers outside of Siobhan Shields. So I definitely think the key is is, is that aspect, like who's going to be able to score, who's going to be able to help uh, Siobhan Shields, because if it's just him, then Panathinaikos is going to be able to focus the defense on him and nobody else from Milan is going to step up. But uh, I believe that's the key there. If somebody like Devon Hall could be capable of doing that, uh, if Nico Melli can come outside and shoot the three, like we know he's capable of, like those guys really need to step up scoring-wise for Milano to have a chance. But I just think Panathinaikos has been playing such good basketball now that they have Kendrick Nunn and with Mitoglu and Lasort and now with Juancho coming back. I just think Panathinaikos has so made so much talent and so many options. I just don't see them losing. I think Panathinaikos should try to, to push that pace and to try to just run Milano out of the gym because I don't think they have enough to, to keep up with them. Scoring-wise, playmaking-wise, they just have too much. They have too many guards. They have too much talent to, to afford to lose this game. So I think the pressure is all on Panathinaikos because they are the favorites. As far as Milano, they, they just have to try to be competitive and try to steal it at home. Obviously, without Miritic, it's very hard for them to keep up with these top teams. It was already hard enough with him. So now that they are without him, it's just going to be very hard for them to compete. Uh, and I just think Panas Nex is better prepared and they are the better team. This takes us to the end of this uh, round 15 recap and round 16 preview. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Titus Yearly. Tune in tomorrow for our leans and picks of the first day of round 16. On Friday for our leans and picks of the second day of the round 16. And a reminder that we will be back on Tuesday, 26th of December, with our recap of this round 16 that we just previewed. As always, I will be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on the next episode.